we should be touched by the Lord in church, don't you think? Experience a touch from God. It's a, how many know that's a real thing? That's not just a psychological thing. It's not just something we made up to make us feel warm and fuzzy. And uh, it's a, when God touches you, it's the, it's the real deal. And, and uh, he can touch you like no one else can touch. And it's powerful. Amen. And, and you know, some of the reason we desire to, uh, well, what, what should be the, our, de, our end result in, in, you know, we desire sometimes to experience God's anointing and presence and and uh, what that should ultimately do is is give us a, a, a greater hunger for more of his word and to walk closer with him not all our, our experiences in the Lord are not just uh, an end in the in and of themselves man God's spirit came on me whoo you know and then that's it you know uh, like I heard one person say uh, I don't remember who, who said it this way but they said if you're going to uh, you know, jump in prayer, you know, jump in church. If you're going to, if you're going to dance, just make sure when you get done, you walk straight. <laughs> talking about walking the walk, talking about walking the Christian life. And really, how many know our experiences with the Lord ultimately should, should bring us to that point. I mean, if we say, man, God moved and God spoke to me and God did this in my life and, and, and still our life is kind of <laughs> squirrely. You know, it's not really being established and grounded in, 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 in being modeled after the Lord. Uh, then I'm not sure about those experiences you had, okay? And uh, I think something's missing there if it's not drawing us really back into the Word. Because the Word of God, you know, how many know an experience with the Lord is no substitute for, uh, uh, for getting grounded in, 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 in the Word? Hearing what God's thoughts are, thinking like Him, walking how He wants us to walk. Not a substitute. Together, though, ooh, it's good. Got word, got presence. Those two things will make an exciting life. It'll make, and man, it'll make the Christian life more fun than anything. And uh, more fruitful than anything. More powerful, more effective than anything. Amen. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you tonight, I want you to go to John chapter 14. John the 14th chapter. And you remember we started a series again a few weeks ago talking about the glory of God. And do you like the glory of God? Man, if you've had some, you like it. If you say, I don't know if I really like that, you haven't tasted it yet. Well, get ready. Get ready. Come on, I'll tell you, turn up your expectation even right now. Say, Lord, I'd like to, I'd like to see your glory. I'd like to experience your divine presence. He likes you to like that. He wants you to want it. Because he wants to show himself to you. John 14 and verse 21. Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And now it's interesting. He, Jesus said, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Someone might say, well, doesn't the Father already love everyone? I mean, what about Chapter 3 and verse 16, that says, God so loved the world. Well, that pretty much is everybody, isn't it? And uh, yes, the Father does love everybody, but what he's speaking about here is manifestation. When he says, my Father will love him, that's an active word. How many, how many know love, according to the Bible, is not just in word, but in deed and truth? Okay, and God gave his only son as a response to his love from the world. But it seems that if we will exercise our love for the Lord through obedience, through doing what he says, then the father's love gets shown to us. He said he will love him. He said and manifest myself to him. God wants you to see him. When I say see, I'm not necessarily talking about the physical eye, but 
that can happen as well. I know we, no man has seen the face of God, but we see him in, in different ways in what he does and in how he manifests his presence and his glory in our lives. But understand this, God wants to manifest himself in your life. Absolutely wants to manifest himself. And it is wonderful. Now, the Amplified Version says it this way, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and will make myself real to him. That's very important. How many know a person will live their life differently if the Lord is real to them? Now, he's real. But is he real to you? And that really comes at different degrees and different levels depending on a lot of it is our focus and is what we're giving attention to. But when we will love him through, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you say. He said, the love of the Father is going to be shown to you. And God, he said, I will manifest myself to you so you can experience and know and clearly see what the Lord is doing. Nothing more valuable. Now, and also, we read to you before from John chapter 11 and verse 40, where Jesus said to her, I, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And so we can believe unto seeing. We can believe for the glory of God to be seen. All right, that is good news for us because it gives us something that we can do. I'm not just sitting back saying, whatever the Lord wants to do. I'm not just sitting back and say, you know, Lord, someday send us a revival. You know, I don't even like to talk that way. I just want to believe and see. I want to do exactly what the Lord said. I can have faith to see the glory of God in this situation. The glory of God was manifest in such a way that Lazarus was raised from the dead. If the glory of God could raise a person from the dead then, could the glory of God raise a person from the dead today? So I said, I don't believe in that raising from the dead stuff. Do you believe in the glory? You believe in the glory of God, which is his, his, his manifest presence. Okay, well, that's one of the things that it can produce. And if it can raise someone from the dead, you know, it can, turn so, it can change someone's uh, mental disposition. <laughs> if, it, if the glory of God can raise someone from the dead, it can certainly remove a wart. <laughs> you know, I heard about a guy just uh, the other day um, who had no teeth. And he believed God and grew teeth. He had no teeth. And now he has teeth. And, and he didn't have to get them whitened. Because... And, or, or didn't have to get braces. They, you know, just came in good. <laughs> and uh, the glory of God can do anything. Sometimes we limit, uh, we limit God. That's that other message. But we limit God by our small thinking, thinking, oh, that's too big. I've never heard of anyone who had that. There are so many things that people have gone out of their way to believe for and have seen that you've never heard of. If you can think of it, I think, I think uh, God can provide it. Amen. Now, we base on what we believe on the Word, so get some scriptures and base what you pray for on the written Word of God so you can have a strong position of faith, but there's nothing impossible for Him. There's no circumstance or situation, uh, and this keeps coming up in my heart for tonight, but there's no circumstance or situation that, that you're in right now that is even remotely a challenge to God. Are you listening? So I got this thing, the doctor didn't even know what it is. Man, big whoop-de-doo. So you're ma are you making light of my problem? Yes. It is very light in relationship to the glory of God, which is very heavy. <laughs> and you put the glory of God on one side of the teeter-totter and put your little puny life-threatening circumstance on the other side, and what's going to happen? Bing! <laughs> it's pretty light. And if you want to get rid of it and want things to change, 
Don't give it any respect. Don't speak of it with awe. Don't speak of it with reverence. But whatever the, whenever you read about what the Lord has promised, give a lot of weight to that. Give a lot of attention and say, ooh, yeah, I believe that. Just don't, don't respect your problems. Amen. Jesus said, if, if you, did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? We can believe to see the glory of God. And there's no problem, no circumstance, no situation too tough, too challenging, but that the glory of God couldn't eradicate it in a moment's time, a moment's time. And I, I'm believing with, I'm believing right now, I want you to hook up with me. I'm believing right now that even in this service, that the glory of God is going to change things that you couldn't change naturally. Yeah. Things are, things are going to change. Praise the Lord. Say what? Man, what, what's the need? What's the need? I'm believing in a general sense. Unless I get a revelation of something specific, I'm believing for everything. Are you listening? I've heard some scary stories. I've heard of some people uh, where people have shared with me, and they really royally messed their lives up. And they have did some really dumb things. I'm believing for those too. Are you listening to me? Say, I've, man, my situation is like, woo, challenging. I'm believing with you. Would you hook up? Yes. Come on now. Say, I don't know how this could ever get fixed. So what? God made the universe. He spoke the world into existence. Come on, thought about you before you were born. Had a plan for your life. And his plan was not going to get cut short because you messed up. Or because someone messed you up. Say, mine's another person. God is a big God. He can get through to people. Huh? He knows everybody. He's got connections. Yeah, all over the planet. He's got a whole host of angelic beings that are sent to minister for us, the heirs of salvation. And they can be released to go out and cause circumstances and situations to change. They assist they assist the, the ministers and the men and women of God in bringing, bringing healing and deliverance. Man, there's a whole host of forces that are for you. Because God is for you. Amen. Let's give a lot of weight to that. That's the glory of God. Amen. Are things changing? Amen. Let's just say this out loud tonight. Things are changing in my life. They're getting, they're getting better. Even as I sit here, they're getting better. God's power, His presence is changing my circumstances, changing my body, changing my finances, changing my relationships, changing my tomorrow. The Lord is here. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. How can we prepare ourselves for the glory of God? How can we, what, is there anything that we can do that will help us to facilitate or have that, uh, the right kind of environment in our lives where God's manifest presence, where our lives are conducive to that type of, uh, of move? Well, I believe, well, we shared some with you already, uh, but uh, one of the things that really helps us to be able to handle God's manifest presence is reverence, is reverence. If you will reverence the things of the Lord, the Word of God, His name, His spirit, His plan, all that He wants to do, you are in a place where God's glory can manifest stronger, all right? How many know the Lord and sin don't really go together. To have a full manifestation of God's presence in a disobedient environment, that is really not conducive, okay? That's why one of the, our scriptures said, if, if, you, if you obey me, how do, how do you say, if you keep my commandments, that's the person who loves me, and that's the person who God manifests in their life. And so our doing what the Lord says 
is very helpful in God wanting to show himself more fully. All right? And, and if I'll learn to be reverent, now it's, it's important that we understand reverence and what it is and what it's not. Okay? Uh, sometimes being reverent of the Lord does mean kind of what people think typically that we're quiet. And it means that we're not really doing much at all. We're just in awe of Him. We're saying, man, He's holy. He is powerful. He is awesome. He is God. And man, it can be where, man, I don't really want to move. Because this, this is the presence of God. And, and sometimes respect keeps its mouth closed. Sometimes respect and reverence for God is not quick to speak and quick to cast an opinion and quick to uh, want to get a word in. Sometimes being reverent means you just close your mouth and listen. And you just, well, I'm just glad to be in the room. I'm just thrilled in my heart to be in the room because God is here. And that kind of attitude is received by the Lord. Okay, We live in a day where I think too many people become flippant. And I've shared this before recently, too casual when it comes to the holy things of God. We treat them like there's, you know, it's nothing holy or set apart in our lives. And it's important that when we approach the Lord that we have an awe about it. We have a holy respect that says this, these are the things of God and I'll not encroach on it with frivolity. I'll not enter His presence with a light, uh, who cares, doesn't matter type of attitude. But I'm going to give Him the weight and the respect uh, that He deserves. Okay, and, uh, and that kind of atmosphere, again, is conducive to more of His glory being manifest. Because we could speak about, uh, we sing songs about it, we read the scriptures about being God's friend. And, uh, and, uh, and sometimes, and that's a revelation we need to have. It's very important that we can relate to the Lord that way. But you can go too far, and if you only see Him as friend, and you exclude the God factor... You exclude the Lord factor of that relationship, then you could be out of balance. Because there are some things that I will do with friends and, and a casualness about the relationship that is right in a friendship relationship, but, uh, but it's not appropriate in other relationships. Okay? And uh, with the Lord, it's really both at different times and different, depending on what kind of uh, thing the Lord is endeavoring to do, but that's where we need to be balanced, okay? Someone can be in the other ditch, and, and uh, it, it's really way over in the ditch because it's, I want to say they're just always too reverent, but it's not really, I mean, you know how sometimes people will even change the way they speak when they pray? And, and, and if their heart is to be reverent, I commend that. But sometimes it's just, you know, they don't really know the Lord. They don't really know who He is. And you know, I even wonder sometimes, and I've probably been, been guilty of this, but sometimes when people pray, it's like every other word, they say God. <laughs> and every other word, it's, I don't know, I just don't really do that to people. <laughs> where, where every uh, and it, it could it could just become a, a bad habit that people get into. We have filler words because we think there can't be any silence <laughs> when we're talking. There can be silence, <laughs> but like you have to fill the whole conversation. You can't leave any breaks, so we fill it with all this stuff. And uh, anyway, sometimes you know how people will will they'll speak to you like a normal person and uh, like they're a real person. And when it comes to the Lord, when they switch to King James. You know what I'm talking about? And it's instead of Lord, man, you are holy and it's thou art holy. Oh God. <laughs> and, uh, and begin to speak with the, uh, you know, old English type of uh, uh, phrases. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And it doesn't mean that you're not sincere if you do that. Uh, but sometimes we carry a little traditional baggage. That comes along, and uh, we need the proper balance of, uh, say, would you ever just give the Lord a high five? <laughs> you know, 
Well, I would if it, see if it was right. I think the Lord Jesus could handle you giving him a high five. But there are some times when I'm approaching him or I'm just in worship, you know, high five really isn't the deal right then. Sometimes it's nose in the floor. That's, that's kind of the atmosphere. It's not like I'm going to, you know, do a little bit of that. And uh, it's just like, wow, this is, he's God. He's holy. And he is his power. You know, I think some of us, when we, when we stand before the throne of God and we're in, in heaven someday, we're going to be amazed at how powerful he is. Because we talk about it, we can get the words out and define them and say, ooh, God is awesome and powerful. I don't think we really know. I don't think we have a full understanding of how mighty and powerful he is. If we did, you know, the more we do, the more, again, that teeter-totter tips in our mind. Because we recognize, man, that God is a big God, and there is nothing too difficult for him. And when we can see him for who he is and how much power he has, woo, our problems, our little situations, they, they become so small. Amen. Amen. God wants to do good things. And so we need to be reverent. Reverent. To accommodate his glory. Now how many know sometimes reverence is not quiet. We're talking about being respectful. We're, we're talking about giving him the place. Reverence can be shown through obedience. And sometimes people are absolutely being irreverent by being quiet. Because how many know in the Bible there's a whole lot of noise. Sometimes uh, if, you're, if you're not uh, lifting your voice in praise to God, and, and, and it's time. It's a rejoicing celebration time, and we're just kind of, you know, communing with the Lord in our heart, you know, praising the Lord in our own private way. That's irreverent, man. You're not respecting what the Lord wanting you, want you to do right now. How many know if, if we serve another person, if I were to serve you or do something for you it would be right for me to find out how you like it how you want it done if i come over to you and uh uh to your house and say you know i just want to mow your lawn you know pull the weeds out i want to do that for you i want to serve you it would be right for me to find out if you have any special requests you know, you want it mowed with a certain pattern or, uh, you, were, you know, where do you want the, uh, the clippings put and the weeds put and all this stuff. It, that would just be right instead of just going in there saying, I'm going to serve you and, and uh, I know how to mow and I know how to do flower beds and so I'm just going to go ahead and do it like I know how to do it. Well, that's not being really respectful of that other person. Okay, and, and the same thing is true. To a much greater extent, if I should seek out your will and what you desire when I'm serving you, how much more should I seek out the Lord's will and the Lord's desire when I'm serving him? Okay, and it's not just about, well, I know how to do this. I've been, and I've been saved for a while. I know how to praise him. I know how to pray. I know. How, well, what does the Lord want? And we really ought to be seeking him to say, how does he want it done? Okay, we can get caught up so, so many times in our own traditions. And not all traditions are bad, but when they, when they replace the will of God, that's when they get in the way. Okay, and we have them. Don't get me wrong. Don't just look. At, well, that's the denominational churches. They have these traditions. There are charismatic traditions, too. And there are, you know, non-denominational traditions. And, and some of them, I, I, could, I could rub a lot of people probably a little bit crooked. Here, probably less so tonight than I would on a on a Sunday morning, I'll just take the service an hour overtime. <laughs> it would rub some people the wrong. I can't believe they went that long. I mean, don't, don't, don't they know I have a life? Don't they know I got things to do? I've got a family. And what? You, you think it's impossible that the Lord would want that? You really going to say, well, the Lord, He knows I have a life too. And He's also God. And it may be that some of our lack of the fullness of His glory is because we have demanded it. We're going to do it on my schedule, my way, and uh, my time. And I'll set my certain times aside to the Lord, but the rest of the time I've got to do things. Well, are we really making Him God? Or are we saying, Lord, I'll fit you in? Amen. So we acknowledge, we recognize, are we on the same plate? We all have kind of, you know, things that if, 
if they changed, we would go, Ugh. some might be more vocal than others. Some would stomp out. But not you guys. Yeah. Say, so we're having a long service tonight? Well, I don't know. I, I do want to make him God. I do want to make him Lord. And I'm not, I'm not going to have, have long service just for the sake of saying, hey, we went a long time. Well, <laughs> I like to have anointing when I'm here. <laughs> you know, if the Lord went home, <laughs> we might as well go too. <laughs> but at the same time, are we reverencing him to say anything, Lord? Anything. Any time of the day. Any time of the night. Like when I'm sleeping? <laughs> How about we just throw the door wide open and say, Lord, anything, anytime, your way, that's how I'm going to serve you. I know it's kind of easier to say, but would you say that to the Lord? And when he, when he comes knocking, don't rebuke the devil. <laughs> that's not God. The Lord knows I've got to get up early tomorrow. <laughs> he does not want me to pray right now. <laughs> uh, well, I think if he's knocking on your door and, uh, and asking you to do something at an odd time, uh, I think he'll give you the strength and the grace to do what you need to do and get to your work and, and all the other things you need to do. And uh, he's more than enough for us. Praise the Lord. The Lord's never going to interrupt your life and ruin it. You're never going to obey God and be disappointed. You're never going to do what he wants you to do and miss out in life. Miss out on the fun stuff. No. Praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, let's, let's come back over here and look at Hebrews 12 real quick. Hebrews chapter 12. Well, real quick or real slow. Everybody good with quick or slow? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we, we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? And he's saying, just like you show respect to a natural father, show that respect and be in subjection to the Father of spirits. And this again shows, uh, we can see that we learn a whole lot of respect, we're supposed to anyway, from growing up in relationship to parents. That's why we shared with you a little bit last time on parents should require their children to be respectful. Require it. Talking about attitude and action. Don't let the actions be good and the attitude be bad. And I know sometimes uh, you, you listen to some give advice on child rearing and uh, when they talk about discipline and spanking and, and that type of thing and they, those who, uh, some will advocate that if, you know, if a, like if a child runs into a road or if they're going to touch a hot stove, that's when you really, uh, you know, paddle their behind so that they don't hurt themselves. Well, I think the more serious issue and I'll just throw this in. Maybe we'll do another series on that later time. But the more serious issue is not uh, them about to hurt themselves, although, of course, that's serious for, for their life. But the more serious issue in raising a child is willful disobedience. Okay? It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a child doing something. They know what you said, and they know it's wrong for them to do it, but they stiffen up, and they get an attitude, and they're going to do it anyway. That's the time when discipline gets really strong. Okay, why? Because you're dealing with their heart. You're dealing, you're dealing with driving foolishness out of them so they will learn to respect and obey you. Okay, and they'll learn to, to, to hear your voice. But just as a child is to learn respect at home, he says we're to, we're, we're to show this same respect this subjection to the Father of Spirits. What happens if we do? He says, and live. I like that. You know how we know when, you, when you're in obedience to God? Uh, that's where life comes from. Our rebellion, we want to do our own thing. That's when we're opening ourselves up to all kinds of trouble and problems. Listen, the Lord is right. We'll probably say that a lot of times over the next several years. <laughs> Lord Terry's is coming. The Lord is still right. 
Because we have a, a tendency to, to take our thinking and our understanding and elevate it above what the Lord says because we have figured it out. The Lord is always right about what He tells you to do. And in the long run, it will pay off. Payday comes, not every Friday, but payday comes in the kingdom of God. And you will be rewarded. Amen. Praise the Lord. Rewards are coming to you. Look at the 28th verse. He said, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaking, shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Notice that phrase, that we may serve Him acceptably. Is there an unacceptable way to serve God? That would seem to indicate that, wouldn't it? That some serve God in an unacceptable way. They're doing the serving, but God's not doing the accepting. He's not accepting their service. And so if I'm going to bother... <laughs> with serving God not that it should be a bother but if I'm going to bother serving him and submitting my life to him I want to do so in such a way that God receives it that he accepts my service to him amen does that sound like it makes sense let's serve God in an acceptable way so some ways are not acceptable so how can I know if I'm doing it right well from from the word from your communion with him but he hears one key right here. He said, do so with reverence and godly fear. If I'm trying to serve God and I am disrespectful to him, if I am irreverent of his word and his kingdom, which includes his local church, which includes his family, which includes his, his, his leaders, which includes every member of the family, if I'm not being respectful to God, I'm not serving him acceptably. I was I love God just as much as anybody else. Well, that is demonstrated by how you serve Him. Is there reverence in your life? Is there respect for Him and His business and all the people involved with it? That shows me that I'm accept serving Him acceptably. If I think I'm serving God, but I'm running you over, that's not acceptable service to Him. That's not being respectful of Him. Amen. I should seek to serve him in a manner that puts a smile on his face. Praise the Lord. And there'll be a lot of smiles around you too when you do that. There'll always be some that don't like anything good. But, but for the most part, people around you are going to appreciate that. Praise the Lord. And so we should serve him acceptably with reverence and godly, godly fear. Uh, look with me at Exodus chapter 40. Some of these scriptures I've been trying to get to for a couple weeks because they're good stuff. We're talking about the glory of God. We're talking about God himself manifesting in your life. Oh, it can be so amazing. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Exodus 40 and verse 34. How many know in the old covenant they you know about the ark of the covenant and god's presence that dwelt in that on the holy of holies the ark of the covenant uh, before they built the what was called solomon's temple uh, they had what was called the tabernacle the tent uh, it was a place where god's presence was it was, it was a mobile home <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it was more portable but God gave instructions for how they should build it. It was still nice, okay, because God has high standards. And if it's, if it's for the Lord, it should be done with top quality materials, top quality effort. If it's ever God's stuff, it, we step it up a notch. I mean, if I'm going to mow your lawn, I want to do a good job. If I'm going to mow the Lord's lawn, <laughs> I'm going to do it perfect. Are you listening to me? Okay, that's the attitude with which we should always deal with God's business. Okay, and a lot of that's the local church, by the way, because that's what he's doing in the earth. There are, there's more than the local church, but it's all, the local church is the hub. They're all around the world, and that's God's business. 
Can I tell you this real strong? Make sure whatever you do in relationship to the local church is perfect. When I say perfect, I'm really talking about comes from a perfect heart, but it's done naturally to the best that we know how to do it. We're not cutting corners. We're not like, oh, well, because it's, it's the Lord's. Okay, it's the Lord's. That should mean something. That should, be, that should set it up top shelf just like that. Well, this is for God. This is for the Lord, so I'm going to take this serious. I'm going to, I'm going to give this everything I have. Ooh. The Lord likes me to say that, by the way. How do you know? I can tell by the witness of the Spirit on the inside of me as I do. Okay? He, he wants us to know this. He wants us to have this attitude. He's preparing us. He's getting us ready to experience more of Him. But we must understand how He is separate. His things are holy. Separate from, when I say separate, it's not necessarily separate from you, but separate from natural stuff from non-eternal stuff this is forever kingdom business who glory to god hey praise the lord you can I almost want to say it in tongues because huh. it's holy did we start reading this yet verse 34 so they finished the tabernacle and uh, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle what's the cloud the cloud was simply a, a a visual manifestation they had of god's presence the glory of god and moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle this is one of those things that the glory of God can, it can be so thick that a person cannot physically cross a boundary. Wow, wouldn't that be great? I remember hearing, uh, some of you have maybe heard uh, Kenneth Hagin's story about when he was saved. You know, he was a teenager. Uh, he's, he's in heaven now, and you can read about his stories but he was a teenager and he had a uh, incurable blood disease and he was supposed to die by 16 or something like that and uh, and he was miraculously healed but this is actually before he got healed he actually died and his heart stopped and and uh, you can read the story it's pretty amazing but went to hell and uh, and came back jumped in his body and if you read the whole story he got saved on the way back <laughs> in other words he was praying and he says I when my when I came back into my body my physical voice picked up my prayer right in the middle of it and he prayed and he was saved and he was born again and apparently his heart stopped again and this time he didn't go down he went up he didn't go all the way to heaven but he was uh, the glory of God was in there and anyway he tells this story and, and, and he said how he didn't tell the story for so many years because it was just a holy experience and, and he was just hesitant to just quickly talk about it. But later on uh, when he did and he shared it on his radio program, uh, his, uh, one of his relatives uh, who was in the house, they had to tell the rest of the story because he didn't know the rest of the story from their perspective. They tried to come into the room. And they couldn't get in the room. They said it was bright. And they tried to go in the room. And they physically could not get in. In fact, he said one of them, he said they backed up and took a run at it. And, and they got to the door and bounced off the glory. God's presence was manifest in such a powerful, thick way. They couldn't even get in the room. And so he was you know, having this experience. Uh, with the Lord telling him go back and go back and, and so forth. And, uh, and he didn't even know this other side, but they were not able to get in there. Okay, And it seems similar. that's a similar situation to what happened to Moses here, is uh, the glory of the Lord came and, and he couldn't even get in. He was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, for the glory of the Lord was there. I don't know about you, I'm... I'm hungry to see, not just for an experience where we can't get into church or something, but, you know, 
I'd really like to be on the inside. <laughs> but when you hear stories of, of God moving in a place, and someone gets healed, and they're a half a mile away, that there's a radiation of God's glory in a place, I like that. I'm just excited about that. I think it'd be great. We have a service here. We're worshiping God, and everyone in the neighborhood here gets healed of every physical problem they have. Say, is that possible? Come on now. What What makes me even think of that is because things like that have happened. But really, why limit it to what has happened and what we've read about it happening in another place? This is God. Oh, so many things can happen when we prepare our hearts to, and expect the glory of God to, and believe, like Jesus said, to see the glory of God. It's not just about us. Man, it's about our influence. It's about God being God and, and, and people being helped all around us. And it's known that it's not natural. Come on now, how many know when, when the, after the day of Pentecost and, and uh, Peter began to preach like a house of fire, this Peter who did some crazy stuff during his earlier years and he got filled with the Spirit all of a sudden, he's a powerhouse for God and, uh, and he's doing things and they're having people healed, the guy at the, at the gate called Beautiful there in Acts chapter 3 and it was interesting, it said that they took notice of these guys. Uh, it took notice that they had been with Jesus. And it wasn't that they took notice. Man, these guys, they have really studied hard. They have really, uh, you know, applied themselves and, and they've really mastered this, this element of their life. It was simple, and there's nothing wrong. People should apply themselves and study all these things. But uh, what they took notice of, they'd been with Jesus. And that was what people saw. When you're powerful, what's supposed to show about that? When you're making a difference and having great influence and people are being helped, here's what people will take notice of. You've been with Jesus, haven't you? It won't be, you got that degree, didn't you? (laughs) You've been working out. (laughs) I can tell, just being around, you've been working out. Well, thank God if you've been working out, you got your degree but it's the presence of God in a person's life that goes beyond natural comprehension. And if we desire that, I think we're on the right track. I just really think we're in the right place. And I think God is, is, is just desiring for you to desire some of this and reach out and believe God. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Man, there's a couple things I want to get to if I can. Second Chronicles chapter 5 in verse 13 now we're done with the tabernacle done with the the mobile home and moving into the temple of course this is all typical in the old testament but it shows us uh, how god dwells in us in the new testament but uh they built Solomon's temple. This was a huge project. We don't want to go through all this. It took them a long, long time to build it. And they used the best of the best materials. This was a really expensive project. Okay, billions of dollars in our, in our, in our time. And uh, this thing was really nice. How I many know, again, the Lord likes stuff when it's for Him to be really nice. No cheap stuff. Well, we've got to save the Lord some money here. No, this is God's business. This is God's business. You can't spend too much on the Lord. See, isn't it a waste? No, it's called abundance. It's, called, it's, it's the very nature of God. Never in heaven, never are we going to be cutting corners. Well, we don't want to use too much of that. No, go, go overboard. Be excessive. God's an excessive God. No, Pastor, moderation. Everything, mo- no, not, no, 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 not moderation. The scripture that says that, it doesn't even really say that, by the way. You know, let your moderation be known unto all men, really means your gentleness. 
Amen. We'll talk about that in another time. I'll just let you, let you think about that. Stew if you don't like it. <laughs> At least you'll think about it. Let moderation dominate your life. No. What, like a little bit of sin? <laughs> well, you want moderate faith? <laughs> I think we should have excessive faith. Excessive joy. More than enough power. Come on now. And more than enough stuff. Especially when we're talking about the kingdom. Talking about God's stuff. You can't make it too nice. Can't smile too big. You are way too happy. Moderation now. Would you back off? Would you chill? <laughs> anyway, this is, the, this is the temple here. And God's about to move in. And he's going to have a housewarming party. Ooh. Let's read verse 13. It came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music. Well, how many know this is not what happens in a whole lot of churches already? And I'm not here to put anyone down, or, but I'm just saying biblical pattern of when God's glory comes, people are involved and sometimes it gets loud. And sometimes there's some, uh, you know, they lifted up their voice. Say, well, I'm more of a quiet person. Well, there's times to be quiet. But other times, quit it. Knock off your quietness. Say, so why would you say that? Because it's the Lord's will. This is, we're doing it at His pleasure. It's His, it's the way He wants the lawn mowed. Are you listening? Sometimes the Lord wants you to be loud. Wants you to lift your voice. I don't understand that. Take it by faith until you do. Of course, that's not our main subject. There's a gazillion scriptures that will, will say this. There was a, a friend of mine. Well, you, some of you know him, Dave Edwards. He's ministered here. Uh, we were speaking on the phone just the other day. And uh, he was telling me about, uh, he pastors a church, you know. And uh, he told me this a certain woman had come to his church. And uh, in their church, they believe in the things that we do and and God moves there just tremendously. And sometimes they'll lay hands on people and God's Spirit will come on them. And, and just, just really good stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and people will shout and praise the Lord and, and uh, lots of stuff. And this woman was really troubled by this. She had been invited by some relatives. And, and uh, she was a Christian. She was a, a saved person. But that was all new to her. And, and that's okay. If something's new to you. There, hopefully there'll be things that'll be new to us. <laughs> none of us have... One of us know everything and have experienced everything, but it was new to her and it really bo bothered her. In fact, what, he, he actually, what actually happened, she was sitting there and she heard a voice in the middle of the service that said, get out of here. And it wasn't the Lord. No, it was, it, I mean, God was all over that place and said, get out of here. And she actually, I guess, what I understand, she told her kids to go to the, you know, go to the bathroom. She was about to leave, but she never ended up leaving. And, uh, and anyway, she expressed to her, the people who brought her that her concerns and all this stuff and, and asked if the, uh, they asked if the pastor would address those questions she had and he was happy to do so and he met with her and basically started going over some things and explaining to her why people lift their hands and, in praise and worship and why people get excited and, and happy about the things of God and, and spent some time with her explaining to her to this. And, and through this, a lot of her, you know, a lot of the walls came down and she started opening up a little bit more. But he was about to leave. This was, in, this was actually in this woman's home. And, uh, and he, was, uh, he was about to leave. And he just kind of had it on his heart that, you know, he just really wanted to pray for her. And he, he said, uh, as they were about to leave, he, he said, you know what, C could we just pray, uh, be, you know, before I, before I go? And she said, oh, yeah, she was really open at that point. And, and, uh, and, and this, just, this is just something that happened last week. And, uh, and he said, well, 
he said, do you mind if I just put my hand on your, on your shoulder here, you know, while I pray? Because that's one of the things he had questions about, of course, and people falling out and all that kind of stuff. And do you mind if I just put my hand on your shoulder? And she said, oh, yeah. And so he just started praying for her. And the power of God started flowing into her. He told me, because this was a person who was wanting to be very, very reserved and didn't like any kind of, he said she just started getting sloshed. I mean, she just, she was there. She started laughing and she started getting so overflowed with, filled with joy. And she, he, it was like, she didn't even, and literally she didn't even know where she was for a little bit. He had, he had prayed for her a couple times there just in a, a matter of time. And in the meantime, her husband had come home. And uh, when he came in, she said, to him, she said to him, oh, have you met? you know, Pastor Dave here, and, and, and uh, he looked at her, because he was at church that morning with her, it was, it was, she was just zonked, and she didn't even know, it was like, and he said, we met this morning, oh, <laughs> it was just pretty, it was pretty funny to hear the story, it's a, it's a great story, uh, but I tell you what, if someone will open up their heart, and then all that was brand new. And some of this may be new to you, even hearing me speak about it. It might sound kind of, mm, that seems kind of strange. Man, open up your heart to what the Lord would want to do. And we, uh, we, we always want to find Scripture. We based everything we believe on the Word. Not talking about just being, uh, you know, some people think charismatics don't give any attention to the Word. It's all experience. No, the Word is the primary source of everything we do. But if you find something in the Word that God did it anywhere, I heard one time that, uh, recently someone sent me a quote from an old-time minister that's uh, from years and years ago. He said, everything that God does is a, is a prophecy that He's going to do it again. Amen. And I thought, well, that gets me excited to, to read about some things that God has done. and Because uh, He wants to do stuff again. And man, if we open up our hearts, man, I tell you what, God wants to move in your life. He wants to blow your mind <laughs> and let you have a, have, a, have a touch of His presence and power. And it'll be something very, very special. And uh, it'll really change your life. It'll really change your life from just being a person who, uh, it's all about learning and education and, and knowing. And that's a big, really big part of it. But the, again, I, I say this a lot, but God's a living God. We're not serving a dead, a dead creator. We're not serving a dead religion where we just, it's just a matter of self-discipline and living our lives by a set of rules and, and, and what that can produce. No, this is supposed to be a, a living relationship you have with him. And, uh, you know, I mean, we know how we can show affection to each other. We can hug each other and say kind words. How does God show affection to you? He hugs too. Yeah, when the Lord wraps his arms around you, you might not be standing when he's done. <laughs> not because he's just squeezed you so hard. It's just, you're just overcome by, ah, ah, Say, what are you, you're just kind of talking, right? Listen, read the first part of the book of Acts when people were filled with the Spirit. People looked at him and thought they were drunk. They said, what are you guys doing drinking this time of the day? <laughs> well, the, the truth of the matter is, they weren't drinking alcohol, but the, what, the way they were acting gave a similar appearance. They acted kind of zonked. They must have been wobbling around and laughing and carrying on and having such a good time. How many know they weren't sitting there just being all stiff and, we just had an experience with God. People would look at them and go, oh, see ya. Instead, 3,000 got saved. They watched how those people were acting and said, what in the world is this? And Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He got up and preached a sermon and gave an altar call. And 3,000 people said, yay, I want to get saved. What's the end result in you living a life that is just full of God? And people are going to get saved. That's an attractive thing. It's a, it's a draw to the world. Amen. So it's not just about us four no more having our little having our little get together and our little party and we experience God and that's all it's to it. No. When we have the real thing, we are, we are we are interested in the world. We're interested in helping people and the main thing is that all people would know him and be saved, receive the forgiveness of their sins. Praise the Lord. Did we read this yet? 
We read part of it. Instruments of music. This is the end of verse 13. And they praise the Lord saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Again, this is, they literally saw a physical cloud. What was that? It was the glory of God. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So God's glory came in, and everything they were doing had to stop. They could not, not they would not, not they said, ooh, this is nice, let's look at the cloud. They were physically restrained. They could not keep doing what they were doing. I don't mind those kind of interruptions. I don't know about you. We have a plan. You know, we, we typically, when we have a service, I mean, there's occasions when we kind of don't. I don't always tell you, but <laughs> when I say we don't, not, for, not because of a lack of preparation, just because of a lack of having clear direction as to what the Lord would, would want us to say and do. Uh, but we have a plan, but I don't mind at any time being interrupted by clouds. <laughs> Forecast? Overcast. <laughs> Where? In the house of God, when the people of God are gathering together. Amen. Amen. At one translation, some of you know you read the King James Bible, it uses a different word there. It says, not only, it doesn't say they didn't, couldn't continue, it says they couldn't stand. They couldn't stand. What do you mean they couldn't stand? They couldn't stand. That, what does that mean? Sometimes the glory of God, His presence manifest, will knock you off your feet. Yeah, people falling because God's power comes on them, that's nothing new. That's not some late, in, late invention by uh, Pentecostals or Charismatics in the, in the last couple, you know, generations. Man, you go all the way back, God's glory would come and things would happen. People couldn't get in the, in the tent and uh, cloud would come. People couldn't stand up. And uh, that's nothing. So I really like that to happen. I, I, here's, here's the deal. We're not really focusing on a particular physical manifestation. It's, it's the presence of God that we want. And all that that will do. And sometimes when that presence comes, these are some of the things that will happen. Could you see a cloud? You might, yeah. Could you fall on the floor? You, you might, yeah. Could you get pinned? <laughs> what do you mean? The glory. I can't get up. Can't get up. Can't get up. You know, even in the New Testament, you know, when, when the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that Peter went up on the, on the roof. Remember, he was going to pray. And uh, he fell into a trance. That's when he, hit, he had a vision and, uh, and he saw the, the animals and so forth. But he, when he fell into a trance, what does that mean? What it means is he physically fell over. And then, he, then his physical body was suspended for a time. And then, then the Lord showed him something. That's New Testament. Say, this is Old Testament. Okay, come on in into the New. Peter physically or bodily fell over as he was praying. Maybe he was walking the roof. I don't know. Or he was kneeling or something. But he physically fell over and was suspended in, you know, physical, that place right there while the Lord showed him this vision. That's one of the things the Lord does. One of the ways his presence comes in this covenant that we live in. Yeah. So what can we expect? We can expect all these things and more. To happen in our midst. Not that I'm trying to get a trance. I can't do that to myself. I, I'm not going to really. Or I'm not going to try to see something. Wow, if I can just. I'd really like to see that cloud. Okay, it doesn't come by physical effort. If I really try hard. No, it's, it's a heart thing where I'm seeking God's presence. And then however that manifests. Man, it's good. Say, what if it's something really different? I'm going to judge everything by the word. But as a, as a believer, a lot of that you'll know right on the inside because there'll be a witness. But I mean, this is God. God's in here. He's doing something special here tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stop there for tonight. Let's all stand up together. Praise the Lord. The glory of the Lord filled the house.
Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight. We praise you. We thank you for your holy presence. We're hungry tonight. Lord, we're desirous uh, to know you more. Lord, to walk closely with you. And Lord, we just open up our hearts today. I thank you that as your word goes forth, Lord, it penetrates. It divides spirit and soul. Lord, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Lord, as your word went forth tonight, Lord, I thank you that it's getting in all of our hearts so we can believe you strong and we can expect great things. And Lord, we can, uh, we, we can uh, have a release to this desire to know you more. And, uh, and Father, we open up ourselves for you to do anything you want to do. Lord, we know it's, when, when, it's real, when it's you, it's not going to make us weird. It's going to make us walk straight. <laughs> it's going to make us live for you more and be more committed and more faithful than ever before. But, Lord, we want a living, ongoing, dynamic relationship with you. And we invite you to show yourself just, uh, and to move in our midst. Lord, we are together corporately the body of Christ here locally and Lord as we unite in one purpose in one voice Lord we just invite you to do what you want to do and uh, and thank you for at the end result lives are changed and you make us uh, effective in reaching the world Father may may our neighbors be touched with what you're doing in us Lord may the neighbors of this church right here may they experience you May there be, maybe they, maybe they can't even explain it, but they'll start desiring you. They'll start, having, start desiring to seek out a relationship with you. Lord, bodies being healed and lives being changed all around us. But Lord, we know that it must happen in us before things really happen around us. And so, Lord, we invite your holy presence. Lord, to just, I know you're in us, and it, we're not asking for something that we really don't have, but the manifestation of you is what we look for. The manifestation of your glory is what we long for and what we desire. And, Lord, we thank you that you are here, and you are manifesting, and you are doing great things in us. For this, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus.